This podcast is sponsored by Luke1977. If you fancy getting yourself any gear from Luke, don't forget to use the discount code MAX20 for a very nice 20% off. Right, hello and welcome back to another Villa on Tour podcast. I'm your host, Max Stokes, as ever, joined by Simon Lyons. Simon, how are we, mate? Second defeat on the bounce. You all good? Yeah, I'm not too bad, yeah. Villa ruining your bank holiday weekend, as per, but yeah, I'm not too bad. Yeah, not ideal. Obviously, Villa fall into their second defeat on the bounce, second away, 1-0 defeat as well. Kind of felt similar to Man United, to be honest. But we'll talk all about Wolves in this podcast that is coming up. Before that, please go and check out the Villa on Tour video of our trip from the away and uh, at Molyneux. Go and check it out. Show some support on that. Please do subscribe to Villa on Tour over there as well. Subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you are listening on, Apple, Spotify, whatever. Do subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, leave a review. That would be much appreciated as well. Get some really nice comments over there. So thank you for doing that. So then Wolves 1, Aston Villa 0. It always feels the same going to Wolves, really, doesn't it? It's always like a great day before the game. But just the last few years we've been there, it's just the same, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. We uh, we don't ever seem to do very well at Wolves, do we? It's been a it's been a little while since um, since we did. And I think I think the Wolves fans get up for it, don't they? And I think um, it, it feels like it's a big a big game for them. While like, I suppose for us, I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? For us, it just feels like a, another game, doesn't it? It feels. I always say, like you know, we lost yesterday, but. Would it feel any different if we lost like a Crystal Palace or like a Bournemouth? And I don't think it does, but I think for Wolves, I, I kind of feel like it is. It, it, it's got that extra significance to it for, for, for them. So, yeah, but we we don't have a we don't have a great record, do we? And we were hoping that would all sort of change yesterday, but no, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, it does feel that way, doesn't it? And we're not just saying that because we're salty or whatever. It generally, you can tell, can't you, yeah. with Wolves? Like, they properly, properly love it. And you can't blame them because they've got a very good record in the last few years over us at Molyneux. So, no, fair play to them. It is a good day, though, isn't it, when we go to Wolves? Because we always say it kind of feels... It is an away day, of course, but we drink in Birmingham, don't we? And it's only like a 15-minute train ride to Wolverhampton. So it is a good day. Like On the side of that, it is a good away day, isn't it? It's just a shame that, as always with the Villa, the football seems to let you down. Yeah, it's a great away day. Obviously, we, we go to Birmingham, don't we, beforehand, because... Uh... There's no pubs around to Wolverhampton where you can, where away fans can really go. And then, yeah, I mean, we were really lucky coming out as well, weren't we? We we got on the first train we could do at quarter past five. I mean, I was back home by quarter to six. It was uh, <laughs> I was I was back home earlier than I do when I go to Villa Park. So yeah, for me, it was um, it was good. I do I do like all the pre-match rewards. I definitely do. But yeah, it's I, I don't like the match so much because we never ever seem to do very well. Yeah, every cloud. I mean, yeah, you're right. We did literally get on the first train out of there, which was always nice. Let's get into the game then. Um, in terms of team news, it was a, a little bit different. You read out team news when we were stood literally right outside the away end at Molyneux and you're saying uh, Troyore was starting, which mm. was a little bit different. Obviously, Dendonka comes out for him. Uh, McGinn moves back to central midfield which after that Man United game we kind of expected we said in that game didn't we that McGinn needed moving back I think we were getting run over in the midfield so you kind of expected it Troy Ray didn't have a great game in the end but it was from the face of it it was nice to see it sort of freshened up a little bit wasn't it I think he tried to a little bit more attacking as well to be honest I think he looked at Wolves and thought you know we should be beating teams like that who were further on down the table and um, struggled the previous week against Brighton, I think he tried to go a little bit more attacking uh, by bringing in Traore and moving McGinn back, but it didn't quite work, did it? It didn't quite work. And I think he, I think it goes to show with you know, the limited options sort of thing. Like, I don't, I think you know we we talk about Traore's exploits in terms of his you know his goal against Leicester, which was a brilliant goal, and 
But I mean, overall, I, I, I think we all know that Troyore is probably not going to be the answer moving forward. And, um, and and again, his performance kind of proved it again, didn't it? Really. And so, yeah, it didn't really work. I, I, I understood why he did it, though. I think we we did need to we did need to try and get on the front foot, be a little bit more attacking than what we probably were at Man U last week. Uh, so we understood the reasoning behind it, but I just think it's the options that we've got available to us at the moment. It didn't really lend itself to it, did it? Again, though, at this point, there's only so much we can do, but it was nice to see a couple of the uh, the cavalry back on the bench, Kamara, Bailey, Coutinho, all return to the bench. Cash is the only one that's sort of missing, but it was nice to see those guys back, wasn't it? It was, yeah, it was. I mean, for the last few weeks, I, I've been saying it for a while, that I had my, the, the fear in my head was that we were going to sort of you know, come to a stuttering sort of halt because of the because of the small squad we had and fatigue running through the team. And I kind of think that's one of the reasons why we've hit this little yeah. run of form, if I'm being honest. I don't think it's the, the be-all and end-all. I mean, we don't have that much excuse. We don't, we're, not, we're not exactly playing Europe or have a congested fixture list or uh, playing in like latter stage of like the FA Cup or anything. So I don't think we could use that as a massive excuse. But because we've got a small squad and um, and obviously some of the key players been out all out at the same time, I think I think it has hindered us. And I think especially the way we play under Emery as well, like you know losing play, players like uh, Kamara, it's 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 a big player to miss, isn't it? Essentially in a team like that. And so I, I think I think we have missed them. I think it's. Um, I think it's played into the reason why we have stuttered a little bit. But yeah, it was good to see them back. And hopefully a couple of them might be able to start next week against Spurs. Yeah, it's not all down to that. But it's definitely a factor, isn't yeah. it? Us having a, yeah. a pretty small squad. And it kind of feels like they're, they're coming back a little bit late. Like if we were going back two weeks in time, for example, and they're all coming back and we've just what just gone and beaten in 10, you'd think, right, okay, this is, this is the sort of ammunition to push on now. But I just think... Three games left now. They're coming back. It's, it might just—I mean, it's great. It's great to see them back, but it might just be a little bit too late. But uh, we'll see on that one. What were your expectations then going into the game? I think we saw uh, Brighton score a last-minute winner against United a couple of days before, so that was a bit of a kick in the teeth for us. Essentially, it kind of feels like, especially before the game, it kind of felt like it was us versus Tottenham now, doesn't it? Like a straight-up shootout between us and Spurs, and that's why we had to That's why we had to get a decent result of Wolves, and it did feel like a must-win, didn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, kind of, yeah, it did, and I think I think you're right when you say the straight shootout between us and Tottenham, and essentially it still is that straight shootout, but the difference is now that we lost the game yesterday and Spurs won, is that it's no longer in Villa's hands, which it, which it was. You know, Spurs could say that as well, I suppose, but it was it was still in Villa's hands. You know, if you beat if you if you'd have beaten Spurs last week and still on level points, you know, you'd have gone above them. So um, I think that's the difference. It is still that straight shootout, but um, but yeah, it made it all that more difficult now because obviously we're uh, we're relying on what Spurs do essentially. Even if even if we beat Spurs next week, we're relying on Spurs dropping points elsewhere in other matches, which which they might do. To be fair, they might do. I, I don't think Spurs are a great side. I, I, I don't I don't for a minute think that Spurs are going to go to the end of the season and win every game. I don't think that's going to happen, but. Um, it's it's yeah it's not great when you're relying on other teams but uh, again I you know I put out there that you know we weren't expecting to be in any, any sort of shootout with anybody for a top seven yeah. place and so for us still to say that is is not a not not a bad thing but yeah we went we went into the game thinking okay we, we win today and we you know it's their destiny still in our in our own hands even though the running is pretty tough and I and I so I think we went there with confidence I think even though Wolves. You know they had that bad result last week. We expected them to not be as bad as last week. Obviously, they're at home and they were a bit fired up. They wanted to, you know, to to respond after the really heavy defeat last week. And they were playing Villa, who, like we've already said, they 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 get up for that Villa game, don't they? And so I was expecting a tough game. I was expecting a tough game, but um, 
I was expecting us to dominate the ball, which we did. Um, and I was expecting us to, you know, come out on the better side of it and get at least the point, if not a win, if I'm being honest. So it, it is disappointing. Yeah, we had to match whatever Tottenham did, essentially, didn't yeah. we? That would make it extra tasty going into next week. And obviously, they picked up a 1-0 win against, against Crystal Palace, which we'll talk about all the implications and stuff a little bit later. But on the face of it, it doesn't look great at all. But Wolves, like you said, coming off that 6-0 defeat to Bryson, I don't know, you just kind of, ex- you did expect a reaction, but... You, you can't go and lose 6 0 to Brighton. Like, they're not a great team, Wolves, but they have been good at home, though. That's the sort of two mm. sides of it. They've been good at home, and in each of their home wins this season, I don't even think they've conceded a goal or something like that. Like, they don't concede a lot of goals at home, and they have got a very good home record, which is essentially what's taken them away from that relegation issue because around Christmas, they were definitely down there, weren't they? So, Lopetegui's gone in there, and their home form's what's dragged them out of it. So, it wasn't going to be an easy game. And to be fair, they look at it, Villa come into to the Molyneux. They want to just upset us, don't they? They've got nothing to play for. They're sort of lingering around that mid-table. They like playing Villa. They want to cause an upset. They don't want to see us party going into Europe, whatever. So they're always going to be up for it, and it proved that way, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. What you say about Wolves struggling at Christmas, they were uh, they were really struggling at Christmas when they were bottom of the league at Christmas, which you know, which which sort of goes to show how how bad things really were. And I think they're they're, they're one of only a handful of clubs in the last I don't know how many years to 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 get out of the relegation mire by being you know yeah. sort of bottom at Christmas and so their their form and as you say it's been the home form essentially has been has been has been very good under Lopetegui I think he's a good manager I was saying to um, I was saying to, to to somebody yesterday that it feels mad that Wolves versus Villa is a game where we got Lopetegui up against Unai Emery now like two yeah. really sort of like elite sort of level managers I mean you, you know a few years ago it would have been the you know, Mick McCarthy versus Alex McLeish kind of thing. Um <laughs> And that's mad, isn't it? And that goes to show the sort of the power of the Premier League these days, I suppose, and how everybody wants to be in the Premier League. But yeah, he's he's done a good job. Um, Lapetegi at Wolves definitely he's got them very very organised, I suppose, especially at home as we saw yesterday. Um, and last last week's results, they can happen. You can have a severely off day, can't you? And you can get absolutely thumped if you're not and if you're not quite on it. And I always say that in the Premier League, if you're not on it. Um, if your players, you know, don't, don't collectively don't don't get over five, six out of ten, you you can get a tonk in the Premier League. You really can, and when you come up against teams like very, very well structured teams like a Brighton, who play really nice football and um, you know mix it up, go direct, come short, etc., mm-hmm. play between the lines. I think I think you can get hammered, and so it it, it can happen definitely. But yeah, expect them to come out a little bit fired up, which they did yesterday. Um, but they're hard to beat. They're really difficult to beat at the Molyneux, um, and I think it showed that. Yes, it wasn't pretty, was it? It wasn't. It wasn't easy on the eye, sort of stuff. But at the moment, in the position Wolves are in, I don't think they probably care about that at the moment, do they? No, absolutely not. It's a weird away end at Wolves as well, isn't it? Like if if people don't know, it's sort of stretched in the lower tier along the side of the pitch. It's really weird. So we've got the lower tier, and because everyone's so stretched out, and you're literally like a whole football pitch's length away from some of the fans, like it's hard to get a decent atmosphere, isn't it? And that's always the case at Wolves. And I think. It's clever what they do in terms of putting the away in there because, like I said, it's hard to get anything going, essentially, and get any songs going. So they know what they're doing, and it's it's probably my least favourite away end in the country to go to. Yeah, it's so spread out, isn't it? It's just so spread out. You've only got, like, a, it's not many rows, is it, from front to back um, anywhere, yeah. and then you've, but it's spread out across the whole... You know, length for the stand, sort of thing. And that's, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can see why Wolves do it. it. Does does drain out the away supporters, but then I don't think going one or down for nine ten minutes helps that either. If I'm being honest, so, <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's never my favourite away end either. I think that up there with West Ham for me is the two the two worst uh, away actual ends um, within the league, mm. definitely. Yeah, we started too slow though. Let's get into the game. Uh, we just just didn't get going, did we? And I thought cliche, cliche, but the first goal was going to be massive, wasn't it? We could either kill the atmosphere or 
or Wolves, obviously they go one nil up and it sort of gives them that level to, to, to go on and win the game. It was the what it was just a goal from a set piece, a rubbish goal, wasn't it? It's sort of Mings is around zonally marking, Ramsey's the one who's actually marking Totti. One nil, posty stamp header, can't save them, can you? It's, it's look, it's one of them, isn't it? It's disappointing to concede from a set piece, but uh, I can kind of see how it happened. I mean, they're I mean, their bat line was massive. I mean, the whole team's quite big, isn't it, Wolves? Yeah, but big team. We were looking at them when they were lining up on one of the corners in the, I think it was the uh, second half, wasn't it? We were like, well, this is a massive team, this is. Um, and yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's one of them. You know, they, they got in between Mings and Ramsey. It was Ramsey's man, but Mings was like the free sort of sort of man. Yeah. And then Ramsey like, lost him. Mings sort of didn't get anywhere really near it. And the big lad got to the ball and it was a great header and uh, a great goal. And like, you know, it happens, doesn't it? It's disappointing to conceive from a set piece, but when you're up against a big side, uh, you know, a big side like that, it's difficult to defend against. And so it does happen, but it was how you respond, really. And um, and, I, and I think we did, I think we did respond in how we were played. I know the first half in particular, I thought we were we were okay first. I mean, you know, misplays passes and whatever throughout the whole game, but I thought. On the whole, the first—I mean, the first half we created, you know, a few chances, and we were—we were definitely the better side, and that—that that was what was so frustrating. But we just didn't have that sort of cutting edge, did we at all? Yeah, I thought the reaction—the reaction was okay. Um, I think I was watching Emery's post-match interview, and he was seemingly pretty pleased with that first half. We had a few chances. Buendia had a decent effort, didn't he? That half volley mm. from the edge of the box—it was a decent save, actually, from from Jose Sar, who I think is a very good goalkeeper. Mings had a burst forward as well. Ramsey cross, uh, Watkins header. He really should score yeah. that header. Shouldn't he? That's probably the best chance of the game for either side. Really got a score there, hasn't it? Yes, yes, and we did. We 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 had that flurry, didn't we? I mean, after I mean, to be honest, we controlled the ball for the whole game. Let's be honest. I mean, Wolves yeah. Wolves had no interest in 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 controlling the ball yesterday. They they, they wanted Villa to d- dictate the tempo of that game and to, and to have the ball. They were quite happy to do that because they were so confident in having the two. You know the two banks of defenders behind 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 the ball was gonna was gonna pay dividends and it and it kind of did. I mean they were always gonna let a few chances go and that's what happened. I mean Brendia's Brendia's shot was well saved by Saar. That, that that was a top save. But then as you say, Watkins has got to be scoring that header, hasn't it? It was a it was a great ball into the box. So I think it was was it Ramsey, wasn't it? Um, yeah, Ramsey. yeah, it was Ramsey's cross and uh, yeah, Ali Watkins got to be doing better there, hasn't he? So it felt like he. Just snatched it a little bit, didn't he? Like he hasn't, he hasn't had a lot the last few games, and um, it, it it was frustrating. It was straight at the goalkeeper. Anywhere else, that was a that was a goal essentially. And yeah, it was a big moment. That was a really big moment. But yeah, we, we the response was good. I, I thought the response was quite good. Yeah, okay, we had a lot of misplaced passes and frustrating moments when Troy was cutting in and uh, absolutely shanking the ball out for a throw-in or a goal kick and we had moments really frustrating moments like that but I think it became I think it came because we had so much of the ball though to be honest and I, but yeah. we did have some key moments like we say Brendan shot Watkins's header you know we had the penalty shout as well for the handball um I, you know I, come on to that <laughs> I, I felt like we I felt like we 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 got back into it fairly well in terms of our response but it was just that elusive goal wasn't it which just didn't seem to come yeah you got to be pretty pleased with it I think there's no goal in four now for Ollie Watkins the baby curse continues he was completely shut out the game as well sort of the last four games he hasn't really had a sniff no. has he not even that was probably the first chance he's had in a few games hasn't it but you're right credit to Wolves it's not going to be pretty they don't care they've stuck plenty of men beyond the ball and we're just happy to defend they don't care if we've got the ball and they did it pretty well they did do, do it pretty well and you were saying yesterday there was too many of our attacking players looking like they're out of form and mm. just not, essentially not at the level that we needed to Traore got dragged at half time Ramsey extremely quiet Buendia I thought was okay but things weren't coming off we've already talked about Watkins 
just wasn't quite clicking up top, was it? It wasn't, and that was the problem, I think. I mean, it was the same at Man U last week. I think, uh, I mean, yesterday I thought Brendan was probably our best one out of the attacking out of the attacking lot, to be honest. But, the, I mean, how many of them probably got over a five or a six out of ten in that game yesterday? You know, mm. when you talk about Watkins, Ramsey, Brendan, Bailey, Troyore as, as, as your sort of five, how many of them... How many of them got over five or six out of ten? I, I don't think any of them did. Possibly Buendia. Yeah. He was probably our brightest spark. You know, I said he was the only one trying, wasn't he? He had a couple of moments. He was, and I said to you in the first half, anything that we do good today is going to come through Buendia. That that's how yeah. it was. And the thing is, if you get more of the ball, the, the likelihood is the more you're going to lose it. You know, it's 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 simple maths, isn't it? I suppose. But um, he was trying Buendia. He was trying definitely to to make things happen. Um, but. You know, it's you can't go through games. You can't go through games and expect to get results if four or five of your attacking players are just not not in the game or not mm. or not turning up to the party, so to speak. I mean, defensively we were fine. Central midfield, yeah. we were we were okay yesterday. It was attacking wise. It genuinely was attacking wise, and I think we obviously had one of our other attacking outlets sort of thwarted all day because Moreno. I think he only got the better of uh, Nelson Semedo once, didn't they? Um, you know, like light for light with pace. You know, he was able to he was able to stop Moreno. Moreno never got round him, did he? Really, I think he got round him once in the whole game, um, and so that stunted us as well a little bit. You, you can't expect to go away at Premier League grounds and and four, five, six of your attacking players just not not being bang at it because if you're not bang at it, you won't get a result. And simply, and it was as simple as that. I mean, we just we didn't we talk about we had a few chances we did, but we still didn't for the amount of ball we had, we didn't create enough chances. Um, and if we had created more chances, we probably would have scored a goal. And so that lies on the shoulders of the um, of the creative players, essentially, doesn't it? Yeah, we even should have created more. And I think there was quite a few similarities between last week and that 1-0 defeat at United and yesterday, to be fair, against Wolves. The, the games are sort of quite similar. I don't think any of those games, Wolves or Manchester United, were great and played us off the park. I don't think you can say that. So a little bit worrying to the point where both those games are the same but next week you go into Tottenham and you probably expect a reaction at home as well you've just got to brush these off and and see what happens we'll talk about that handball then that you mentioned a couple of minutes ago handball for me mate absolute penalty you were screaming at the time I, I didn't quite see it but looking back on it all the commentators were saying it it's got to be a penalty that I don't again again I'm I'm just I'm baffled by the rulings of the hand what's the hand what is the yep. handball rule can can, can knows, somebody enlighten me if somebody knows what the actual rules are can you send me a DM or something because I genuinely don't <laughs> understand the rules of it like so so what is it so the ball if the ball deflects off another part of your body onto your arm it's not a, it's not a it's not a foul it's not a penalty is that what that's what that the what commentators are saying I think they mentioned a deflection right. as if that makes any right, difference I, though. I think you've got to, you've got to take it time by time. Like that how can you say a deflection changes things for me? It doesn't why are you mentioning that? It doesn't make any it sense. Does, no, that's what I mean. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I think if you watch I've watched that back so many times. If you watch that back, that ball's going straight to Jacob Ramsey's feet. If he doesn't if the if the yeah. bloke doesn't handball it, it's going straight to Jacob Ramsey's feet. So how is it not how is it not a foul? I, I this is what I mean. I I don't this, I really don't understand the ruling of it, and and I'd love somebody to really explain it where I understand it because I, I just I'm baffled by it. If I'm being honest, I'm really baffled by it. It, it was a it was a penalty all day long. It stopped the opposition mm-hmm. from having an opportunity to, to have a shot. So it's a foul, isn't it? I understand it in the situations where you know someone's less than a meter away and their arms are down by their side, and someone kicks at their arm. But in this case, he literally spins on the mm-hmm. spot and controls the ball and takes yeah. it. It hasn't deflected off him and gone out for a throw in or gone to someone else. He's controlled it one possession with his arm in the box when we were on the attack. Mm. I, just, I, <laughs> I just don't understand it. And I think the whole handball rule that seems to change all the time. 
I don't get it. Like, can we just get rid of it, right? And just take it situation by situation. You look at that, any normal person who watches football semi-occasionally would be able to identify that that's a handball and Villa should have a penalty. Don't understand well, it. That, well, that's the thing. Nobody's arguing if that's given though, are they? And that's what, mm-hmm. and that's what is really frustrating. I mean, no one is, yeah. and no one's really going mad about it either because no one really knows the rulings though either. That's yeah. the, and that's <laughs> the reason why. Like, everyone would be up in arms really by that because it was, let's be honest, it was a penalty because nobody really gets the rules anymore. No one's really talking about it. But like I say, if the referee had given that penalty yesterday, everyone would have said, oh, yeah, absolutely the right decision. Absolutely the right decision. And that's the thing. Sometimes you need those like, little moments, though. You need those little moments of luck when you're not when you're not really you know, creating enough as what you need to be, but you're controlling and dominating the possession of the game. You need those little, you know, the, the, those little bits of luck or those little decisions, and if they go against you, that's you know, it's a, it's they're big moments in the game, aren't they? They're yeah. really big moments, and I, I just feel it feels like we're always on the wrong end of these sort of decisions. I, yeah, I just that's the thing for me. I hate watching it. I hate watching football when when you when you, when you don't really understand what the rulings like that are when you're totally baffled by it. like like I say, it really, really, really baffles me. I just I don't, can't work it out at all. I don't think the officials know either because. He hasn't missed that. Like, there's no way he's missed that. It's blatantly obvious, and he hasn't given it, probably because he doesn't know, and he's stood listening to VAR with his fingers to his ears. The referee probably doesn't have a clue either because of the frequency in which the rule changes and nobody really knows. So that's the frustrating thing. Absolutely mental, and you're right. Sometimes you do need those those bits of luck. But, oh, well, we'll go into the second half then. Not a lot really happened, was it? It was a bit of a dead affair, quite quiet. Ashley Young had a chance from a corner from outside the box. That Mings chance, by the way, I don't know if you've watched it back, absolutely huge. I didn't quite realise realize at the time how big of a chance that was he's in acres of space goes with his feet could have gone with his head but I, I gotta score that mate 100% and that's the thing it's those key moments isn't it in tight games when the opposition's you know playing quite a defensive sort of structure it's those key moments isn't it when you do break the lines and you've got to take your chances and Villa just didn't yesterday that was the thing Villa didn't we had a we had a few and we just did not take them and um we were you know that's why we found it difficult essentially I think the second half was a little bit disappointing just because I feel like we played into Wolves' hands. They they wanted the yeah. tempo to go slower. They didn't want that sort of fast fast sort of build up as Villa were doing in the first half. They wanted it to be slow, and Villa kept giving away pointless and cheap fouls, and they kept uh, misplacing the ball out for a throw in where Wolves then could take absolutely forever on the throw in or the goal kick, and that kept happening second half. And then you know players were going down injured and on both sides, and and then you know I mean Jacob Ramsey was down for a good five minutes or so, and then ridiculously at the end of the game the referee only ended up giving three additional minutes which was absolutely <laughs> baffling as well um but yeah I thought we played into their hands a little bit second half um, we didn't we did we I think we panicked a little bit we didn't keep our structure we didn't um we didn't keep playing the game how how we how we wanted it to instead of how Wolves wanted it to and yeah I think we uh we, we were disappointed in the second half and um I think if we'd have kept being patient and kept you know, sort of being quick with a play like we were in the first half, I feel I feel like we possibly would have got something out of the game. But yeah, second half was a bit disappointing. I just think well, we lost our heads a little bit from being totally on it. Yeah, you're right. And defensively, we didn't have any issues realistically, did we? Wolves don't have a lot of quality going forward. They had that Cunha Giza, I think's okay. Diego Custer's just not great. He's not at the level he has been in recent years or so. I just think the difference overall was they took their one chance essentially. And it's copy and paste. I said it previously, it's copy and paste every time we go to Molyneux. And last week you were saying, yeah, yeah, but you know we're a better side now and I agree with that it's just something about that stadium 
can never get going there, can we? That's the most frustrating thing. Yeah, it, it is frustrating. I think the one my, my one takeaway from it though is that I've tried to I'm trying to be positive, obviously, and I, and I think there are still elements of it to be positive about. I think it's it's something that we're going away though to places now though. Like a Wolves yesterday, I said this to you yesterday that in years gone by we were going to Molyneux and Wolves would just play us off the park, wouldn't they? And they would run out mm. two nil winners and they would be you know, you wouldn't even have any doubts in your mind about who was the deserved winner at that game. I think it was quite a marked change yesterday that we went to Molyneux and while while we said Wolves had done did well with their structure, you know, it wasn't pretty to watch. It was it was, you know, quite defensive, but they but they got the job done. And they did and fair play to them. But I think that's a credit to us, though, and how teams are viewing us, though. If they feel that that's what they have to do now, though, they're happy to give mm. us that sort of possession of the ball because they or, or they know that we're going to have possession of the ball because that's how an Unai Emery team sort of plays. That, and I think that's credit to us, though, because I think if you just said we were a ball-playing possession-based side, like, you know, on the latter stages of Stephen Gerrard's era at Villa, like last year, you'd have, you'd, you'd have thought we were, you were, we were absolute crackers saying that, wouldn't you? Yeah. And so with the same group of players, I think that's that's something to take away, though. I think, OK, well, this is how other teams are looking at us now. And, um, and yeah, and that's something for us to sort of overcome. I don't think any team likes to likes to play against a side that sticks, you know, two banks of four or whatever, like in front of you and defends. I don't think any, I don't think any team likes that. Even even the likes of Man City or Arsenal don't like to come up against teams like that, do they? Um, mm. And so that that's not it's not an easy it's not an easy tactic to sort of overcome. But um, that's something for Villa to work out because teams probably will try and probably will try and do that. I mean, Fulham tried to do that, didn't they? You know, back at Villa Park the other week, they they were they were ultra yeah. defensive and they seemingly had no sort of, you know, aspiration to actually get forward much. And kind of how Wolves did it yesterday, you know, they had the set piece. But apart from that, Martins didn't have a lot to do. I mean, he had probably one save in the second half where we got caught out a little bit, didn't they? Um, and then they had the shot that flew over the bar in the first half. So, I mean, Wolves of the home side didn't do a lot attacking-wise. Um, and so there are, things, there are things to pull out as positives. I think teams are looking at us in, very different, in a very different way now and... Um, and that's up to us to adapt our tactics. But it's going to be tough now to finish in those European places, which is a shame. It is a shame. But um, I do think we need probably need to just take a step back and think, OK, it's disappointing, but um, we, we're unlikely to finish lower than eighth um, now. Obviously, Brentford lost yesterday, looking at their running. It's unlikely we're going to finish lower than eighth. And I think, um, you know, if you'd, offer that to, if you'd offer that to most people a while ago, they would have taken it. And I, as I said to you in a podcast a, a good while ago, I think when we, like, we had that free game losing spell against City, Leicester and Arsenal, I think I said to you, the key thing for me is that get back on form. Um, we need to have a strongish end to this season and to try and finish in the top 10, to try and build a bit of momentum up ahead of the summer. And that's that's what we've done, isn't it? And and it's and I, it's a shame because, you know, we have given ourselves all this hope, haven't we? And I think... Yeah, we were kind of fifth and sixth, and some people might say that was a bit of a false position because other teams had you know games in hand, and we'd gone through our spell when we were playing um, you know easier sides, so to speak, in the league and stuff. And so maybe it was a bit of a false position. It's it's not you know it's not totally over. That's the thing I'd say. It's not totally over. We've got Spurs next week, which is, we have to win. Obviously, we have to win. It's like a final, isn't it? Um, and mm. then you're obviously then you they're obviously banking on. Uh, Spurs to slip up somewhere else, which they might do. They've got Brentford at home, which is a tough game, and they've got Leeds away last day. I mean, you don't want to be going to Leeds away in the last day, do you? Which is a it's a tough game. But then we've also got tough games away at Liverpool and Brighton, uh, then at home against Brighton. So the fans need to come together next week and uh, show their appreciation of the team, just for just for how how good they've been in the last few months, and just try and you know just to get us back into fighting for the last couple of games. That's what, what that's what we want. We have to look back on on it with a lot of pride as well in how the players have turned it around and put us in this. 
position. I, I, I really do think that. I think we just need to take stock of it and uh, just have a, you know, just to give ourselves a little bit of a dose of reality, probably. Yeah, sometimes you need a bit of perspective, don't you? And just to see where we've come from. We were talking in the pub yesterday, weren't we, before the game and sort of saying, you know, people people are talking about this, that and the other. But realistically, what team comes from the Championship three years ago and looked pretty solid in that in that top eight in the Premier League? Like, that just that just doesn't happen. So I think we need to, like you said, take that step back and realistically just look where we were. And look, we've been on a, an incredible run and we've been lucky enough to get ourselves into that sort of top six. We were fifth at one point. Like you said, it might have been a false position because other teams had games in hand and things like that. But I think on the other hand, because we have been around there for a decent amount of time now around those European spaces, there's always naturally going to yeah. be that that sort of dose of disappointment yeah. when we do fall out of it. That's only natural. And, you know, I'll back that up as well. I'll be disappointed if we don't get it. Of course I will. Mm. But I just think, look, we'll go in again next season. A lot can change in a season. Brighton will have European football. How will that impact them? Uh, Tottenham, Newcastle will have it as well. How will that impact them that being in the Champions League? That That's something they haven't had in ages so how will that uh, affect their Premier League position so a lot can change we'll obviously strengthen in the summer as well so it just gives you that confidence doesn't it that look we can do it we've proven we can fight with these big boys and we'll be able to to be up there around and about next season won't we yeah exactly and I think we're uh, we're ahead of schedule probably in terms of what our targets are I think um I think when Unai Emery was appointed, I think the, I think the, I'm sure the Villa board would have, would have said, you know, ideally we'd like to, you know, come somewhere in the middle middle of the table sort of thing. Ideally, if you can turn things around, we'd like to finish sort of mid table. Um, and so we're ahead of schedule. We're absolutely ahead of schedule. We've, mm. we've, we've we're battling still for a European place. And so I, I don't. While there's always going to be that tinge of disappointment, and don't get me wrong, I'll, I'll be disappointed as the next person because you know obviously we all want European football back at Villa Park. That's what we all crave. We all crave these away days, don't we? And these special nights under the lights back at Villa Park. We all crave that. You know, I think there's 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 there's, there's, there's been disappointing and there's taken it to a bit of an extreme level where the players are coming in for absolute stinging criticism and. You know, we yeah. go overboard and we question certain things about all other players. You know, up, up to facing these teams, I, I just think, I just think we've got to be. I just think we've got to just, just, just approach it with caution a little bit and think, okay, that still, they're still human beings, sort of thing, and we've, the, the, we've been on. We've been on an incredible run of form and it was going to be difficult for us to sustain that for the rest of the season. And it sort of caught up with us a little bit, probably. It sort of caught up with us. Um, but that happens. That does happen. Yeah, as you say, from a team who was you know, battling mid-table to lower reach of the Championship only a few years ago, as we were saying yesterday, I don't think it's a, it's a bad return for us to be to be where we are. And, um, and I think Emery will be... I think he'll be happy deep down. I think he'll be really happy that he's had that that he's come in and he's had the the sort of response from the players that he's had. I think he will be really pleased by that. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of work to be done and when we talk about consistency in the final third, you know, players not turning up and collectively four or five of them not turning up at a time, I think that's a that's that's a worry that the manager will have. Um and I'm sure he'll look to address that in the summer. We need to we need to bring in some better quality around 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 yeah. in those attacking uh, in that attacking final third. I mean, you know, if Watkins isn't on form, who is there to turn to? We haven't got that, have we? And you know, you look at if Bailey and Troyore aren't in form and Buendia has an off it's who have we got to turn to? We haven't we don't have anybody, I suppose, who you'd say is a consistent performer in that sort of attacking final third. Apart from Molly Watkins recently we haven't got anybody who's that who's that consistent sort of force. Like we've got in at the back, you know, when we talk about Emmy Martinez or Tyra Mings being really consistent or even like a Douglas Louise being really consistent, I, I don't think we've got that in our sort of attacking final third. And I think that's where he'll be looking to, you know, sort of improve on in the summer. Um, and I think the Villa will be, 
I think Villa will be kind of like a new look again next season. I, I don't expect I don't expect absolutely loads and loads of signings, but I think there'll be some key key signings in the summer, and we'll and we'll and we'll look different for it. And yeah, and I'd be confident again to go again next year and give it a good push again. But yeah, in terms of the where we're on, where we're at in terms of the journey of Aston Villa, then I think we're in a good place. Um, and so yeah, it's key to key to hold on to the you know the, the positive vibes. There's so much good going on around the club at the moment. Um, it's important to hold on to those factors. Yeah, still got to be massively positive, of course, you have. And I think it's encouraging as well because the one first team player that Emery signed has, has been a, a major success, you'd say, and you know, in Alex Moreno. And you've signed him for 12, 13 million. We've talked about it previously. And he's been a, a major, major success. And Luca Dean isn't even getting a look in. So that's encouraging from the recruitment side of things. And another encouraging thing, probably the last thing we'll mention about this Wolves game, was uh, Diego Carlos coming back. Yeah. He was given 25 minutes yesterday. He looked decent, didn't he? And he came out and uh, said on Instagram after, after a long period, away from the pitch I'm back stronger than ever thanks to everyone that supported me during my journey it wasn't easy but I won it's nice to see isn't it really nice to see Conce obviously shifted to right back allowing Diego Carlos to sit in there uh, next to uh, Tyro Mings really nice to see that wasn't it yeah it was and he wasn't he wasn't tested defensively as we know because obviously Wolves weren't Wolves had no intention of trying to trying to get the second goal in the end did they but um, it was a good game to bring him on wasn't it good game to play it was and I was going to say though that with these long term injuries though I think the one thing I'm always worried about when someone is out for that long is whether they're going to look comfortable on the ball again when they come back Um, and I've got to say he was absolutely outstanding on the ball wasn't he I mean he pinged that one over to Moreno and he pinged that one uh, (laughs) through um, towards the end and some of yeah, some of his passing and like crossfield balls were, were brilliant, and I'd sort of forgotten about that really because it's a weird one with Carlos because we've literally not seen him everywhere. Like we saw him for like a, literally a couple of games in preseason. He, we he did we didn't see his best against Bournemouth on the opening day because obviously we got turned over, and then he got injured in that game the following week. So we've literally not seen him everywhere really, and mm. so he's a bit of an unknown. Like we signed this crazy, really. we signed this twenty six, twenty seven million pound centre half, and quite a lot of us probably don't know anything about him essentially i mean yeah. uh, for people who watch the you know la liga and, and and whatnot then they might have a bit more of a, a clue about him but i mean for me like totally blinded to it really i don't know what he's like at all and yet so even coming on and seeing how you know how good he was in possession of the football yesterday i thought wow this boat could actually be um, you know, like a major, a major player in sort of em- in how Emery wants to play. Because if he's good on the ball, well, he's going to fit into Emery's team, isn't he? Because that's how Emery likes to play, playing out from the back. And um, if he's good on the ball, then I, I think you know, I think you'll, I think you'll see him have a, a strong preseason. That's what he needs. You'll need a, a strong preseason. But um, you know, I, I know it sounds a bit, sounds a bit like I'm going a bit overboard. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't put it past him to be in that starting lineup for the next season, would you? Really, like looking at him yesterday when he came on. Um, as long as his defensive capabilities are good as well, but but yeah, it was it was positive. It was really nice to see him back. I'm glad he, uh, yeah, I'm glad he came back. And I know there's been a bit made of his, you know, hug with Lopetegui on the pitch after the game and stuff. But oh, give the nothing, give nothing. the guy a break, man. He's been out for <laughs> he's been out for all these months, and and literally it was his first minutes back on the pitch, and he's having a hug with a bloke that managed him literally like last season. Can we can we cut the guy a little bit of slack? I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? But yeah, really good seeing back um, along with the other players as well. Great to get Kamara back out there. He he'll be a major player for us in the next few years as well. And yeah, it was uh, it was it was yeah, it's really good to get some of them back, and hopefully Cash can come back next week as well, which will which which, which will add something else to the team. 
Yeah, that was just social media nonsense. Uh, as always, that's absolutely nothing to read into. But that's, yeah, it's a huge boost to have him back. And it's a boost to, to Constable and Mings as well to give them a push because realistically, they haven't had that, have they, no. all season? Like, who's Chambers isn't going to push them. Bednarek was a joke. So it's like, it's it, they were never being pushed. So it's nice to see them. I mean, they've been excellent. They really have. It's not like they've been slacking and then they did that kick up the arse. They really didn't because they've both been great. But it's nice to give them that boost, isn't it? And sort of had three quality centre-halves that can go for those two positions. That's really, really encouraging. Um, it sounds like Emery was encouraged after yesterday as well you know he didn't he, I watched his interview and he was sort of saying you know he's pleased with the first half just couldn't take our chances and that he's excited to face Tottenham so that's interesting he also said that Europe was a dream a few months ago so I think he's being realistic about the whole thing as well you look at the table then what three points behind Tottenham their goal difference is four better I think do you think it's all a bit reactionary I think if you beat Tottenham next week is it back on I think because we've got Liverpool away after that that's going to be massively difficult, of course it is. But Tottenham have got Brentford, Tottenham have got Leeds away who are going to be fighting for it. So that's not easy for them either. So I think if we win next week, even if we don't go above them, it could all change essentially. And you get that motivation back, you get that feeling back. I don't think it's all over, I don't. No, I, I think you never know. You never know in football. And, and in the Premier League, anybody can beat anybody. And we've seen Liverpool recently. And, you know, you were saying to me last night, that Liverpool don't look great. They don't look great, especially at the back. And... Um, Tough place to go, Anfield as it is, but if you, you know if you go and if you go and beat Spurs next week and you know you're back on sort of level points with them and you're head to head, you know pressure gets on to Spurs as well. Then Pre- remember the pressure's mm-hmm. off Villa now. Let's be honest, the pressure's now firmly on Tottenham to get that seventh space now or higher. Um, so pressure's off Villa really. And so if Villa can grind a victory out next week against Spurs, give us that little boost of confidence again. Who knows? Who knows? You know, pressure goes back onto Spurs for those two final games, and then Villa, are, you know, anything's a bonus then, isn't it, for Villa, so, sort of thing. So, I've, it's look, it's going to be tough because like, Spurs have got Brentford at home, and you know, Brentford probably on the beach a little bit, probably. Yeah. Um, and so then, you know, so you still expect Spurs to probably beat Brentford at home. You would, um, but you never know though. You never, especially with Spurs, you never know what Spurs are going to turn up. It was, a, I think, it was a blow for us, if I'm being honest, when Spurs got rid of that Stellini and replaced him with Ryan Mason. Yes. I, I don't know. Well, I'm not saying Ryan Mason's a great, brilliant manager, a great coach. I think. He's better than Stellini was, um, and I think that was probably a bit of a blow. Like that defeat at Newcastle that day probably hindered us in a way a little bit. If I'm being honest, um, we could have done with that game only being like a two 0 because he wouldn't have been sat. It is what it is. Like, it is what it is. But if we beat Spurs next week, then I, I, I'm not. I don't. I don't want to say it's back on. I don't want to say that. But I think we're. You know, we're, we're still in that chasing pack, and the pressure goes back onto Spurs at, at that point. Then, and um, it's always been like you know we've always said if, if we get seventh, it's a major, major achievement. And so it's always been a little bit like we're the outsiders all all throughout this. Let's let's yeah. be totally honest about it. Um, and I think how Emery's reacting, I think it shows that because I think he's not digging out the players very much, which um, I find interesting because I think during them games earlier in the season, he was really not happy, was he, after the Leicester and the Arsenal game especially. Um, but I find it interesting he's not really digging out the players at all the last couple of weeks. And I think like he's looking at them and thinking, you know what, these players have re- worked remarkably for me though. They've, they've done remarkably to get into the position they're in. And let's be honest, they've, they've probably overachieved a little bit. You know, for us to be yeah. fighting for top six, top seven, it's probably an overachievement for this Villa side, if we're being totally honest. I mean, you know, when people say oh, the money we've spent and stuff, but then you look at the other teams we're fighting against, the, the consistencies they've got in 
you know, their attacking final thirds, which we've talked about we haven't got. You know, the likes of even with Brighton, with like McAllister and Mitoma, how how like how consistent they've been and Spurs, the likes of Harry Kane and uh, Son and you know, Liverpool with, you know, Diaz and Salah, etc. And, you, you know, it's different, isn't it? It's totally different. And so we've always been mm. the outsiders a little bit. Um, and I think Emery, I think Emery recognises that. I think Emery thinks, you know, we've done pretty well here. So let's just see what happens. We've got, we've got another chance. We've got probably one, we've got one more chance really, haven't we, to get back into it. Um, and we'll see what happens next week. But it's not over totally. It's not over totally. It's just probably put a little bit of a dent in it. Yeah, if I had to put money on it, you'd probably go with Tottenham. Of course you would. We are the outsiders. We gave these teams a 12-11 game head start. Everybody knows about that. But whatever happens, it's it's been a remarkable season. I don't want to talk now like it's it's over because, I don't know, I'm, I'm still positive. You've got to be. You win next week. Might not be on in that sort of saying it like that. But I don't know. I think it can all change very quickly. And the mood around Villa, especially on social media, which I know isn't the best barometer of things, but it kind of feels like it's people are resigning themselves to, you know, it's done now. But I don't know. I think if we if we beat Tottenham next week, I'll, I'll feel much better. I think people will as well. And it might knock them for six and then it might give us that that uh, sort of motivation to go on. But it's it could all change. It could all change. I just think we've got to go one game at a time. But one thing I did want to talk to you about, Simon, mm. is um, Matthew Alimani. Um, just mention him before we go. Looks like we're getting a, a new director of football coming in from Barcelona. Not going to pretend that we know loads about him. We're not that type of podcast to pretend that we know loads about him. We're not. But new director of football coming in from Barcelona looks looks decent to me. Yeah, it does. I mean, I thought he was an attacking midfielder until about uh, 10 minutes after <laughs> I read his Wikipedia your page so that shows you uh shows you what i know about um about directors we're definitely not pretending to know loads genuinely about thought he was a player <laughs> genuinely did i thought oh, who's this sign us a barcelona whiz kid or something i thought so loving it there we go but, but, Chiori, V2, bring it on. <laughs> but no um no i mean he looks I, you know i don't know much about him but i think really <laughs> really the barcelona supporters uh comments like how uh, disappointed they are to be losing him and um yeah and I, I saw i think i saw like the the barcelona net spend uh, in regards to the players they brought in i think it was like a over the last couple of years they've actually only spent like 80 90 million but they brought in all these incredible players if you're players they've managed mm. that i mean sounds a bit dodgy to me but whatever if that if that if if, <laughs> if it works it works so um no anything that's gonna anything that's gonna enhance our structure i think uh sort of recruitment and our footballing structure at the club which we haven't really had for a, a long time, have we? I mean, the first time we it started introducing a proper football structure was when uh, Dean yeah. Smith came in and we had Sousa as our mm. uh, director of football. And, you know, we, we never, we flirted with it before. It never really worked. When like, the likes of like, Steve Round and people like that, never, we never really had a footballing structure, did we? And so <laughs> it feels like finally we probably got one and we're trying to, you know, build on that and enhance that. So, yeah, it sounds really positive. Um, don't know how it's going to work in terms of is he going to work alongside Johan Lange. Sounds like he might do, or I think he's, Lange is still quite highly thought of at the football club. And so mm. that'll be interesting to see how they interact with each other and how they work. But um, yeah, it sounds, look, it sounds really positive and sounds like we give him, Emery, the sort of the keys to the to the playground, really, doesn't it? Essentially, yeah. we're allowing him to build what he wants to do, which um, some people might say is the wrong way to go about it. But I think once you've got an elite manager in charge, I think uh, if you've got that ultimate faith in him, then... Well, things can only really get better with it, really, can't they? So, yeah, exciting. It sounds exciting. Um, and I think the summer the summer could be really interesting. Yeah, it's not complete yet, but I think Emery name-checked him in his, his pre-Wolves press conference. So, it's it looks like it's all but done. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, I think he leaves Barcelona when he's uh, on the 30th of June. So, he's not going to be around for a while. Looks like Villa offered big money to get him in that Barcelona couldn't compete with. I mean, saying that, 
in itself just sounds mental. Um, but people will think, well, Barcelona have been a bit of a mess in the last few years, but he actually came in after that. He's only been there for the last couple of years. And you look at them now, top of La Liga by 13 points, only conceded 11 goals this season. So they've been decent last couple of years, Barcelona. I think that's what we're paying for from a season ticket point of view, because he's going to be on big, big money. But I think proof's in the pudding with him. See what happened in the summer. I think he's got a good record at Mallorca, uh, Valencia as well as Barcelona as well. People are thinking Johan Lang might disappear, but I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. I think, like you said, if you look at it, he's clearly highly thought of at the club. So just another one in that um, sort of top level of Villa, isn't it? So it'd be interesting to see what happens. Some Villa fans are going crazy and pretending that they know loads about him because they're seeing the name Barcelona and his track record and things like that. You can go and do your own research. It looks exciting on, on the face of it. So we'll have to see what happens in the summer. It's definitely going to be an interesting one, isn't it? We'll have to see what happens there. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you say you have to do your own research, literally you have to do your own research because like I say, I don't know anything about it. So I need to do some more research. Uh, I, don't, I don't will do. Don't worry. Yeah, very uh, insightful podcast as ever. But that is the end of this podcast. If you have enjoyed it, please do um, show your support by subscribing to the podcast go and check out Villa on Tour as well subscribe on the YouTube if you haven't already big one next week Si big one just bring it on bring it on that's the mentality isn't it like you said essentially we're outsiders now the pressure's not on us so big game next week let's just see what happens yeah exactly let's just keep let's just keep the positive vibes let's not get too Let's not get too hung up and think, oh my God, we're this, the worst football side in the world. And, you know, you lose you lose football matches. Every team loses football matches. And that's what we've done. We've been on an incredible run and we've had a bit of a sticky three, four game spell. But, you know, we've got a big game next week and um, we need to get behind the players and try and have a try and have a strong end to the season, the last three games of the season. Just Let's just see where we end up. As you say, the pressure's not on us now. You know, we're not getting tanked every week, are we? We're still in, we're still in there. We're still in every game, close games all the time. And so... Um, yeah, let, let's get back to Villa Park next week and, uh, and try and get back on track. Yeah, you can't win every week, can you? Can't win every week. And it should be decent next week as well. I'm expecting the atmosphere to be very, very good at Villa Park. So if you are going to Villa Park next week, please do enjoy that. And uh, yeah, we shall see you then. Thank you very much for listening. Up the Villa. Mm-hmm.